0: Yawma nad'u, the day that we will call, kulla unasin, every people, every nation is going to be called, how? Bi imamihim, with their imam. When will this be? On the day of judgment. In this world, in this life, we live. Some remember Allah, some forget Him. Some days we remember Him, some days we forget Him. But there is a day coming, in the akhirah, the last day, yawmul akhir when we are going to be shown what we have done. And people are going to be called by their imam. What is imam? Imam is a leader, someone whom you follow. So people are going to be called by their leaders on the Day of Judgment. How? Like for example, O oh followers of so and so. O oh followers of so and so. O followers of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. O followers of Firaun. Because in the Akhirah a person will be with those whom he loves. Those whom he identifies with. Those whose way he is upon, he will be with them in the Akhirah on the day of judgment. So each person is going to be called by who? By his Imam. Not that the Imam is going to call, but that it's going to be said, O followers of such and such leader come, go to your destination. So we really need to see who is it that we're following. Then imam, it also means a book. Like in the Qur'an, Surah Yasin, we learn that وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَحْصَيْنَاهُ فِي imam mubin In a clear record. Imam is book, record. Because a book is also to be followed. So which book is this? it could be the book that was sent to a people. So for example, all people who were given the Qur'an, or people who were given the Torah, or people who were given the Injil. And it can also refer to the book of deeds of a person. That each person is going to be called by his book. You know, for example, when tests are being returned, what happens? The teacher has all the tests with her and she says, you know, your name. And when she says your name, what does it mean? You have to come and take your Test paper. So likewise people are going to be called on the day of judgment. How? By their book, by their records of deeds. Then whoever is given his book in his right hand. His record, he is given in his right hand. Fa ula Then those are going to read their book. They will be able to open up their book and read it. Why? Because it's worth reading. But if a person is given his record in his left hand, what is he going to want to do? Throw it away. Put it away. He's going to hide it behind his back. He will not want to read it. But the one who's given his record in his right hand, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يَقْرَأُونَ كِتَابُهُمْ This is very simple. If you're given a test paper back, and you've actually done well, then what will happen? You will go through it, happily, and see it. And if a person has not done that well on a test, what will he do? Hide it, put it away. He doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want to face it. And people will not be wronged even if fatil. What is fatil? The thread that is on the side of a date seed. It's so small that perhaps you've never noticed it. It's that tiny. So people will not be wronged even as much as a thread, a tiny wick on the side of a date seed. Just imagine, even this much zhulm will not be done. People will be treated with absolute fairness and justice. What do we learn in this ayah? What we do now is what we're going to see later. What we do now is what we are identifying ourselves with. And that is how we're going to be called Later on, whoever we love, whoever we associate with, whoever's footsteps we follow, that is going to be with us in the akhirah also. So we should take into consideration as to who we are following, who we are associating with, and what we are doing. Woman canafi and whoever is in this, meaning in this life, in this world, whoever is a'ma blind, blind to what, to Allah. His signs, the clear evidences that prove to his existence, his guidance, his book, the promises that he's made. So basically a person is living blindly. Waman Then he will be blind in the Akhirah also. al-dallu sabila, And he will be more astray in way. What does it mean by this? What blindness is this? In life, in this world, a person could have perfect vision, perfect eyesight. But if he is blind at heart, what does it mean? If you're blind, your eyes are closed, you cannot see. You're in your own world. Likewise, when a person's heart is blind, what does it mean? He doesn't see, he doesn't learn, he doesn't care. He's living in his own world. He doesn't recognize what is so obvious before him. So whoever lives a life of blindness, he's living in his own world, forgetful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oblivious to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oblivious to the akhirah, And this is why, he turns away from Allah, and this is why he fulfills his desires and becomes asfar Woman, then in the hereafter he will also be blind. What does it mean by this? He will also be blind in the hereafter. He will be blind from Jannah. He will never see Jannah. He will be blind from seeing Allah. He will not be able to see Allah. He will be blind in the Akhirah to all the pleasures and rewards that Allah has promised. And what a great loss that is. Because imagine being so close to something that is beautiful, but not being able to see it. That is deprivation. That is a huge loss. فَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَأَضَلُّ sabila And more astray in way. Meaning the one who is misguided here will be even more lost on the Day of Judgment. More lost? As in, he won't find his way to Jannah. He won't make his way to paradise. He will get lost before that. And where will such people end up? In the hellfire. In Surah Al-Mutaffifin, 15, Allah says, mahjuboon." On that day, they will be partitioned from their Lord. There will be a veil between them and their Lord. So they will not be able to see Allah. They will be blind. They won't be able to see Allah. In Surah Taha, Ayah 124, Allah says, That whoever turns away from my reminder, from my message, then he will live a difficult life, a depressed life. And in the hereafter, we will bring him when he will be blind. He will be resurrected blind. So what does it show? What does this ayah teach us? Is this dunya everything? Its joys, its pleasures, are they everything? If we do get blinded by them, then what are we doing in reality? Blinding ourselves from what is even better. From what is far better. And what is that? Jannah, the home of the hereafter. So open up your eyes now, open up your heart now, open up your ears now, wake up now, so that you can live later. Wake up now, so that you can live later. And if we choose to close our eyes and pretend as if there is no akhirah, pretend as if there is no God, that is how we behave, and that is how we act, and that is how we live. Then we are putting ourselves in danger. Wa in kadu And indeed, they were near. They were about to. Who? The enemy. Yaftinunaka. They were about to tempt you. Yaftinunaka from fitna. What is fitna? Trial, temptation. They were about to tempt you عن from Aladi that which Awhaina إِلَيْكَ we have revealed to you. Kadu is from the root letters kaf waudal. Kada yakadu. And what does كَادَ yakadu mean? To be at the verge of doing something, or when something is at the verge of occurring, but it doesn't actually occur. To almost do something but not really do it. You know, when you're so close to it, but you don't actually do it. You don't actually accomplish it. This is what kada is. Almost. So, وَإِن كَادُوا لَيَفْتِنُونَكَ They were about to, they had almost tempted you away from that which we have revealed to you. لِتَفْتَرِيَ So that you would invent عَلَيْنَا against us غَيْرَ Other than it. Other than what? Other than what we have revealed to you. Meaning they were about to tempt you to fabricate something in our name that we have not revealed, and if you were to do that, wa then and then let the they would have taken you, Khalila, as a close friend. Then they would have listened to you. Then they would really befriend you. What is being said over here? The Mushrikeen made many, many attempts to weaken the Prophet ﷺ, or to make him change his mind somehow. They gave him offers they said to him that if you just touch our idols, then we will believe in you. You worship our idols one year, we will worship Allah alone the next year. So they tried many times. They gave him many incentives. You know, change your religion just a little bit. Make something up. It's okay. You know, make some modifications. Compromise just a little bit. And if you will do that, إِذَا لَتَّخَذُوكَ We will befriend you. And خَلِيل is who? A really close friend. We will support you, we will be with you, and all of this animosity that is there between us, everything will finish. And everything will be fine then. So, the thing is that the Prophet ﷺ, he was eager to have the mushrikeen believe. And he was eager to have peace back in Mecca. And for any person who is eager, you know, to have others accept him or to maintain peace, what happens? They're willing to make compromises. Like, for example, parents and children. They're not getting along. Hmm? Why? Because the parents are constantly attacking their daughter. You should not do this, you should not do this, or you should do this. And the daughter also has big problems with her parents. So, what happens? What is necessary? If you want peace back in the house, what do you need? Compromise. Both will have to compromise somewhere. Both will have to settle with, you know, less than perfect. Otherwise, no peace. Now the thing is that when it comes to personal matters, you know, your own rights, compromise is good. It is good. So for example, you know, parents say to the daughter that you're out from this time to this time. If you want to stay here, then you better be back at home by this time. So she says, you know what? I want things to be back to normal. So okay, fine. As much as I want to be out with my friends at 11 o'clock, they want me to be back at 9, I'll be back by 9 as much as I dislike it, I'll give this up just to make them happy, just so that we can be at peace. She compromises. She gives up something of hers, something that she wants to do. Why? In order to have things back to normal. This kind of compromise is good. Alright? This kind of compromise is good. A husband and wife, things are not working well at all. The wife says, okay, I will give up on this so that you'll be happy. The husband says, okay, I will give up on this so that you'll be happy. Each person has to give something up, compromise somewhere, in order to make the relationship work. But when it comes to the matters of deen, can we compromise there? That for example, people say, we don't like this Islam of yours because you know women have to wear hijab. So you know, as long as you don't wear hijab, we're fine, we're cool with you. So you say, okay, okay, we want you to be happy, so we will say, women don't have to wear hijab. Can you do that? You can't do that. If a person says, I like all this Islam business, but I just don't like the fact that alcohol is forbidden. So you say, you know what, it's okay. We'll make alcohol halal for you. We'll say it's okay. And you know what, it's fine. No big deal. Can you do that? No. If a person says, you know, this Islam is good, however, the fact that only one God is to be worshipped, that's kind of strange to me. So you say, oh, it's okay, no problem. Worship multiple gods, everything is good, everything is fine. Can you do that? If you do that, then what will happen? Islam will change. The haq will not be known, and the falsehood will not be known. But unfortunately, what way have we adopted today? Just to please others, we have changed the religion. Right? Just to make others happy with Islam, we say, oh no, this is not part of Islam, and that is not part of Islam whereas in reality it is part of Islam. And we think these are modern challenges. These challenges existed at the time of Rasulullah also, where people had a big problem with Tawheed. They said, make some room for our idols, make some room for our shirk. in kadu layaftinunaka, They were about to put you in fitna. They were about to tempt you away from that which we have revealed to you. What is it that Allah has revealed? Tawheed. No shirk. la tushriku. Do not do shirk. This is what Allah has revealed. But the mushrikeen wanted the Prophet to incline away from that just a little bit. And they wanted him to just invent something up, make something up, and say, Oh, Allah said, you know, it's been revealed. Like we say today, Oh yeah, it's in the Quran. Where is it in the Quran? Nowhere. Or people will say, oh, there's no mention of hijab in the Qur'an. Really? There's no mention of hijab in the Qur'an? People will say things like that, making things up about the Qur'an, that something is in the Qur'an or something is not in the Qur'an. Why? Just to please others. khalila, So that they can make you a friend. But the question over there is, do you want their friendship or do you want Allah's friendship? What matters more? You can please the world. They can be happy with you, but they cannot save you from Allah. And if Allah is happy with you, and the whole world is angry with you, you're good, you're fine, because Allah will save you. Allah will give you what people cannot give you. In the Quran, Surah Yunus, ayah 15, we learn that when the Quran is recited to the people, they say, "Bring some other Quran or change it. You know, just just make a few changes. Just add this." Or just remove this. Then we'll be okay with you. But the Prophet was he allowed to make those changes? No. He was not allowed to make any of those changes. Because the Qur'an is the word of Allah, not the word of the Prophet of Allah. I remember working with non-Muslims before, and sometimes when they would see certain Muslim sisters not wearing hijab, she used to come and ask me, a few of them like, why is that person not honoring their own religion? Doesn't your religion tell you to wear certain type of clothes and not supposed to do certain things? And I would say, yeah. And then they're like, you know, it's so funny. Us, sometimes when I see Muslims covered up and following their religion, I feel a little envy towards them. I feel like they have been honored a little bit more than us. But when I see them the same place as us, like whether it's clubbing or drinking or anything, I just wonder, like, I don't want to be friends with such people or get close to them because they betrayed their God. In this world there's a huge uh, like punishment for someone who either copies someone's work unfairly or chooses to take something theirs and claim that, you know, this is also a portion of it. Like in terms of universities, you could be kicked out for universities for five years, right? No matter how much you've finished your degree or whatever. If you think about it, this is just human words. These are just the words of people that we've made here. This is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is sent from the heavens. It is His kalam. We have absolutely no right to change it or claim one thing or the other about it because that is, it's completely unfair and it's uh, dishonoring His exactly. book. And who are we to change the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who are we to do that? We have no right. And the only reason why people want to change the words of Allah is to please others to make Islam more accepting, more appealing to them, to make them happy. But the thing is that the religion of Allah is not so cheap that we have to change it, and we have to alter it to please others. They don't like the Qur'an, that's their problem. bi You know, your problem, you die in your anger. But the Qur'an is not going to be changed because of you. But it's unfortunate that we have fallen into this trap and one ayah after another is coming out with a new interpretation. New interpretation. Really? Why new interpretation? Did the Prophet وسلم not teach the interpretation of the Qur'an? Either through his words or through his actions? Or through his approvals? I think that we need to understand that people are more respectful and like they give more honor to people who stay firm to their beliefs. So if we stay firm to Islam, that even though people might not agree with us completely, they don't understand why we do something, they'll still like respect us because we want to like stay firm on what we believe. Yeah, And the thing is that it's quite possible that everything that's mentioned in the Qur'an you know, doesn't enter your heart that easily. Right, In the sense that majority of it, you're accepting. You're like, yeah, it makes sense to me. Of course, this is good, this is good, this is good. But then you come across an ayah in which something is said and you're like, I find this very difficult to accept. However, you don't want to change it. You say, Oh Allah, give me the ability to accept it because this is your kalam. You reveal this. You gave this permission or you gave this hukum, you gave this prohibition. You gave this punishment and you gave this allowance. I find it difficult to accept. Give me the understanding. The problem is in me, not in the kalam of Allah. But just to make it more logical for yourself or for others, don't go on changing the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the mushrikeen wanted the Prophet to change the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْلا لَا And if we had not strengthened you, If we had not given you firmness, if we had not kept you firm, لَقَدْ كِتَّ تَرْكَنُوا إلَيْهِمْ شَيْئًا قَلِيلًا, you would have almost inclined to them a little. كِتَّ, again, كَادَ, to be about to, all right, to be at the verge of doing something but not really doing it. Okay, so لَقَدْ كِتَّ, you were almost. You had almost Tarkanu ilayhim inclined towards them. Tarkanu is from Rukun, Rakafnoon. And Rukun is to lean towards something. So you would have leaned towards them how much? Shayan Kalila. Very little. But even that little bit is not okay. Even that little bit is not acceptable. You know, for example, a person might say, but I just changed a little bit. Just changed one ayah. Just removed one ayah. Or just a few words. Even that is not okay. Because changing the words of a human being a little bit is also not okay. Then how can we change the words of the Creator even a little bit? What right do we have? la adakunaka, We would have made you taste. ضِعْفَ Hayati. Double in life, meaning double punishment in life. Wadirqal ma'mati and double in death, meaning double punishment after death. If you had changed the Quran, and by the way, who is this being said to? The Prophet that if you change the Quran, if you change the wahi, the revelation, the religion, then what would happen? What would happen? Double punishment for you in this life and double punishment in the hereafter. Why double? Why double? Because if someone's status is higher, then what is expected of them is also greater. And if they make a mistake, then that will also bring double consequences. This is very simple. In Arabic it is said, وَكَبَائِرُ wa الصَّغِيرِ صَغَائِرُ وَصَغَائِرُ الرَّجُلِ الْكَبِيرِ kabairu." The Kaba'ir big mistakes of a Rajul of a small man. Small man, meaning an average person, lay person. What are they? Even his big mistakes, they are Sahir. They're little mistakes, they don't really matter. However, al Rajul al Kabir, the small sins of a big person, a big name, what are they? Kaba'ir. They're big sins. They're big sins. What could be small for an average person is very big and very serious for a person who has authority and status. So إِذَا لَأَذَقُنَاكَ الْضِعْفَ الْحَيَاةِ وَالْضِعْفَ الْمَمَاتِ ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُ لَكَ عَلَيْنَا نَصِيرًا Then you would not have found against us any helper. being that no one would help you against us. You would have no way to save yourself from us. And this is a warning for the ummah of Rasulullah That if the Prophet wasallam is not allowed to change the deen, just to please people, do we have that permission? Do we have that authority? Never. No matter what our knowledge is, no matter what our status is, no matter what difficulty we are in, we are not allowed to change the deen of Allah. And if we do change the deen of Allah, then what is mentioned? Punishment in this life and punishment in the akhirah also. And do we see this? The more we are changing the religion to please people, the more we are humiliating ourselves. The more we are humiliating ourselves. The more we are suffering in this life. We think we will have honor in this life by leaving Islam, by changing Islam, by altering it. No, there is no honor in that. There is only humiliation in that. in kadu And they were near. They had almost لَيَسْتَفِزُونَكَ they were about to drive you away al from the land. Remember the word was Iblis he was told was minhum bi sautik. What does fazza mean? to Okay and then inside and unsettle a person. That they were firm in their seat or in their position. Shaitan comes, gives waswasa once, twice, again and again and again, and then a person gets up and he listens to Shaitan. So he unsettled him, moved him from his place. You know, to frighten someone, weaken them, and move them away from their position. So for instance, you go to a public gathering, you go sit in a seat, and a person comes and sits next to you, and they're doing weird, crazy, strange things. So what happens? As much as you love your seat, you will leave it and go somewhere else. If you're living in an apartment, and you get really scary neighbors, what will happen? You will try to move from there. Because you feel scared living in that area, living in that neighborhood, or living next to that individual. So this is faza. So they had almost unsettled you. Meaning driven you away. From where? From the land. Which land? Makkah. Because remember, the Prophet ﷺ was in Makkah. And what happened? The mushrikeen had threatened him and harassed him and frightened him to the point that the Prophet ﷺ didn't feel secure in Makkah. And he was intending to leave Makkah. But he could not leave unless and until Allah Taala gave him permission. He even went to At-Taif to see if he could possibly go there, if the people of Taif would welcome Islam. But that didn't work. So the mushrikeen, this is what they wanted. Unsettle the Prophet ﷺ. من الأرض لِيُخْرِجُوكَ منها, To expel you from it. Allah ta'ala says, وَإِذَنَ and then. Meaning if they even frightened you and unsettled you and pushed you out of Makkah, basically, how long would they stay in Makkah? Basuna They would not remain khilafaka behind you إلا قليلا Except very little Meaning If they manage to expel you from Makkah How long will they stay in Makkah? 5 years? 10 years? 2 years? 50 years? Not forever And this is true That if there is something That we want to take away from someone We take it away from them by force zulman. Then how long are we going to enjoy it? How long are we going to keep it? How long? Just for a little while. But the consequences are eternal. You know, this is just like a child snatching someone's lollipop. Hmm? And then eating it with so much satisfaction. Yeah, you know, I got it. It's mine. I'm having it. How long are they going to enjoy it? Two minutes? Three minutes? Satisfaction will finish then. It's done. Khalas. So إِذَاً لَا يَلْبَثُونَ خِلَافَكَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا and this is exactly what happened with the Mushrikeen. That eventually when the Prophet ﷺ did leave Makkah, he immigrated to Medina. What happened to the people in Makkah? Very soon, there was the Battle of Badr. Right? And the Battle of Badr, what happened? All the major leaders of the Mushrikeen, what happened to them? Finished. Killed. And if they survived Badr, then later on. Today, whose name are we more familiar with? The name of Rasulullah or the name of his enemy? The name of Rasulullah Wasallam. Who matters to us more? His companions or his enemies? His companions. So again, what do we see? If you focus on pleasing Allah Taala, and if people do get upset with you, then don't worry about losing people. Why? Because people cannot stay in this world forever anyway. If they cannot survive forever, what can they benefit you? How can they harm you? Allah is eternal. Sunnata way, meaning this is our sunnah, this is our established way, this is Allah's established way. With who? Man, those who qad whom we have sent before you, mirrusulina of our messengers, meaning all the messengers that came before, when their enemies opposed them, when their enemies persecuted them, then what happened? لَا يَلْبَثُونَ خِلَافَكَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They did not remain except very little. وَلَا تَجِدُ And you will not find for our way any tahwil, any alteration. Tahwil, Hawala يُحَوِّلُ Tahwil is to move something from its original place and shift it to another place. So you will not find any shifting, any alteration, any changing of what? Allah's way. And what is Allah's way? That when people will persecute the messenger, and even if they manage to expel the messenger, even if they manage to harm the messenger, how long are they going to live? How long are they going to enjoy? Very little. Think about Fir'aun. Did he persecute Musa Of course. And when Musa salam left, who followed him? Fir'aun. Who died? Fir'aun. So we see this. This is the sunnah of Allah. Those who oppose Allah, those who oppose His revelation, those who oppose His messengers, they cannot last forever. Let's listen to the recitation of these
1: verses. إذا لَأَذَقْنَاكَ ضِعْفَ الْحَيَاةِ وَضِعْفَ الْمَمَاتِ ثُمَّ لَا تَجْدُ لَكَ عَلَيْنَا نَصِيرًا وَإِنْ the لَيَسْتَفِزُونَكَ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ لِيُخْرِجُوكَ مِنْهَا وَإِذَا لَا يَلْبَثُونَ خِلَافَكَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا سُنَّةَ مَنْ قَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا قَبَلَكَ مِنْ رُّسُلِنَا وَلَا
0: تَجِدُ لِسُنَّتِنَا تَحْوِيلًا سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ وَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ